the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Episode 23 is here of the Loose Sports Talk podcast. Welcome in. We're excited that you are here tuned in listening. I am joined by Brandon, Big Poppy Gallegos, TJ Williamson. I am Ethan Hannaford, and we are excited that you are along for what should be an exciting episode. Episode 23, boys. Episode 23, and... Birthday number 20 for one of our members. Is that right? Is that right? That's That's the right number. Happy birthday, Dylan Hample. To the most pointless age out there. Mm. Yikes. (laughs) But happy dreams. It's true. It's nice. So we hope you enjoy your your day, and uh, we will will discuss in your honor. Yes. For Dylan. For Dylan. Cheers. Okay, guys. We uh, we have an exciting podcast planned for all of you listening out there today. Um, we're, we're diving in. A, you know, we we discussed earlier this week, and we're well, what do we dive into with this episode? You know, the Cardinals are having their struggles. It's, the Blues haven't really done too much with the off season yet. Um, still holding out. Um, so we, we got a little bit of creative with this one. So we're gonna go ahead and first dive into what the Blues have done so far in the off season. And then we're going to take a look at the Cardinals and uh, a a big name that the Cardinals could be potentially shopping. And more so, we're going to be debating whether or not the Cardinals should be discussing said big name. And then, after that level of debating, we're going to debate some more. And because the Cardinals and the Blues are both, well, the Cardinals currently in a really rough season and the Blues just finishing off a rough season, we're going to be discussing which team we think is closer to being back in uh, the top level of competing for those, the playoff spots, um, the championship spots, and then, you know, kind of attached with that, which team is more likely to continue stretching out disappointing seasons. So we're going to have a lot of discussion, a lot of debate today, and we are excited to get into it. But boys, how, how are we doing? Feeling pretty good. You know, I mean, it's been uh, it's been uh, good weather outside. I'm enjoying the hockey off, mm. off season. Uh, Blues have been a little bit more quiet than I want them to be, but we'll talk more about that. But yeah. overall, uh, good mood. Yeah, Mr. Hockey Insider, tell us a little bit about what the Blues have done so far. Yeah, so the Blues have acquired uh, Kevin Hayes at this point of his career. He's a he's a second line center at best, more more so comfortable in that third line center role. Thirty one years old has has offensive potential, but really is a locker room guy. Plays a two hundred foot game, and also he's he's able to come in and what he's going to do. He was an all star for the Flyers last year. He was their all star representative. So he brings he brings skill, he brings locker room presence. Uh, and he brings experience, um, which is what the Blues roster needs. And only had to give up a 2024 sixth-round pick for him, and the Flyers are retaining 50% of that yeah. salary, which is right around $7 million a year. So seems like a really good you know, back-structure move from Doug Armstrong. Yeah, for three and some change, you'll take a center with experience all day long. I mean, it's, it's a great pickup by Army. And, you know, the deal initially was much larger, much more complicated with Krug involved. They were looking for a third team to take a piece of his contract because Krug has over $6 million owed to him. As well as a no-trade clause. As well as a no-trade clause, which came into effect because he essentially said no. 
I'm not going to the Flyers. The Flyers look for a third team, and they couldn't find one. In return, the Blues were going to get a defenseman in Travis Sanheim. I think that's the deal Army wanted. Like, I think fans should know that, like, that's what – that was our big deal. Right. That was the move that Army wanted to make, and it just didn't happen because of no trade clause. Can't be mad at him. It's in his contract. Sure. The problem is this isn't the first time that we've had a – I'm going to call it a, a goodwill, a, a budget deal where we have – like, I, I agree that it was really good for us to get Kevin Hayes on this yeah. really low-salary like low salary deal. Uh-huh. However – this seems to be a trend between St. Louis teams all across is we tend to do underwhelming things instead of making some big splashy moves. Yeah. As you said, they're quiet throughout most of the off season so far. Sure. And so ideally we want more, but we, it would have been nice to get rid of Krug, but I'm still happy with what we have so far. It's just, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think to like, if you're, if you're looking at the NHL off season as a whole, it's been, relatively quiet because of the cap pit, but I do understand what you're saying too, because the St. Louis teams just tend to be a team that isn't as aggressive in the off season as they are smaller market teams. You can and and the, New York, the good know. thing about what the NHL is there's a cap floor and a cap ceiling. And I think it's done good to bring parity. I mean, the problem is, is the, the cap has not gone up and so it's a flat salary cap. So every team is having to shuffle through. I mean, how many one-year, two-year deals did we see in this NHL offseason? That's a, basically all it was. I mean, even even high-end free agents like Tyler Bertuzzi, um, one-year deals. You even see Tarasenko, who's still on the market, mm-hmm. fires his agent because he wants 6 to $7 million, Oy. rumor has it, and he's not going to get it in this market. He's just yeah. not. He'll have to take a one-year deal around $5 million. It's just it's a pretty unique time. Yeah, it's, it's mostly baseball that I worry about with those. That's where most of the parity comes from because yeah. there's – yeah, there's there's less rules and restrictions. 100%. I think I think when you look at the talent also that the Blues have been able to draft, they haven't necessarily had to go make that huge deal. Obviously, the the yeah. big deal that you think about and 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 I will say this, when you go back throughout the years, Braden Shen was a big one. Obviously, yep. Braden Shen was a big one. Um and Ryan O'Reilly. Those are the two that come to mind for me as far as making big trades. So, I know that Doug Armstrong is not hesitant to go out there and look for the big move. We know that, you know, as far as we know, he was in the talks. It was close with Kachuk last year. Just wasn't willing to give up as much as sure. Florida was willing to. So, I'm not I'm not afraid that Doug Armstrong um or I'm not worried that Doug Armstrong is hesitant to make the big deal. I think really it's just a matter of is he going to be able to get one of those defensemen that he wants off of his off of his uh his salary, off of his yeah. roster, which would be either Tory Krug or Marco Scandella, probably. You you still have Nick Letty there who's making uh who's on four. that four by four yep. uh, deal right now, so making four million dollars a year. And you have Pareko that's making six and a half million dollars a year. So but I think that he's more so set with those two than he is with Krug and Scandella. So in order to Go out and get that big guy. You have to get rid of the pieces. The mis- I don't want to say mistakes, but these mistake contracts that you've made in the past that leave you really handicapped right now. There's a reason their names are in the news. You know, we're trying to actively get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, Brandon, obviously the Hayes trade, the only thing that the Blues have really done as far as moving players, but uh, the NHL draft just uh, yeah. coming and going quickly. Yeah. And uh, the, the Blues have some new pieces. Tell us a little bit. Yeah, so an interesting dra- draft overall. I know it doesn't have the same coverage that an NBA or NFL draft has, but it actually was the first NHL draft since 2007 without any first-round trades. Wow. Uh, very, very unique to the league, and again, has something to do with the cap restraint. Um, you look at it, we, we used all three of our first-round picks, which is something that 
personally very surprised about. Um, there I think was everyone rumors. was. I mean, I I think Armstrong was. I think Army was. I think Army went into that night looking to move a pick. Um, what they did, they did come out with two centers, so Delabor, Dvorsky, and Otto Steinberg, and then you had uh, the 29th overall pick, a D-man, uh, six foot, 185 pound guy, Theo Lindstein. It's not a coincidence that they selected two Swedes. Uh, with with two out of the three were Swedish players, um, especially with the new hiring of Alexander Steen, the Swede himself as a development guy. <laughs> it's not uh, not a coincidence that they're going that direction. They also went just best on the board. Dvorsky, he's an undersized centerman, but so was most of the top ten. I mean, you even look, even a Bedard, who's just going to be an sure. I- icon of a player, he doesn't bring that size that you typically look at. Even sure. next year's NHL draft is going to have a lot more size than this year's did. Um, so the Blues went out. They used all three picks, two centers and a D-man. You mentioned no trades being made sure. in the first round. You mentioned also that I think Doug Armstrong was planning on at least going in, trying yeah. to shop those picks. Do you think that general managers in general were surprised that there wasn't any movement? I I, I think so. I also think it speaks to the depth of the draft. I think some teams were okay with who, where they were at and who was available at the time. You look at some other drafts that maybe weren't as deep. I mean, I'm even thinking back recently. You had 2016. That's when a lot of moving parts were happening, especially because that was when the Hawks were coming off of their three cups yeah. and six years run, and they're trying to restock. You had, you had a lot of moving parts then. So it's a couple things. It's a salary cap, of course, that I already said, but it's also just the depth of the draft that, that was uh, in the NHL. So I here's the thing. It's not my favorite scenario. But coming out with three first-round players, it's going to be pretty hard to complain. And Dvorsky, yes, he's going back. He's he plays in a Swedish professional league right now. He's mm-hmm. going back to play this year, but we'll see him shortly. And we, we will see see him soon. And we were able to see him. We were able yeah. to. We got. He had the opportunity yeah, to go to uh, the Blues training camp. Sad face. TJ wasn't able to join, but Dylan was work. able to join. We were and as well as Kyle. And yeah, we were able to go and see Dvorsky. Some yeah. of these young, this young talent that the Blues have, and that was a really cool experience. But I will say this: it was hard for me to wrap my head around that the Blues used all three of the first rounders. I understand that if Army could have moved something for what he felt was worthy of getting back, he probably would have. Um, So not that I don't trust Doug Armstrong, because I full-heartedly do. However, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that all we have heard all offseason is this is not going to be a rebuild. It's going to be a retool. And it's hard for me to say, man, your best piece, your best what felt like weapons that you had to be able to quickly turn this around – you didn't use and yeah. that so i'm i'm trying to wrap my head around that and that's it's going to make for a lot more work for trades with these some of these you know bigger contracts that they want to get off the boards it's going to make that a little bit more difficult to be a retool now for them to be a competitor in 2024 i'm not saying they can't do it i'm just saying it's going to take a little bit more work now that you didn't get i guess what you were hoping for in return for some of these first round picks. Yeah. And, and I hear the frustration. The frustration is, is okay. This seems a little bit more like rebuild than retool. That's the argument. And I, what I would say to that is my argument against that would be the young talent that we have coming up. We need to get familiar with names like Bolduke, Zachary Bolduke. We need to get familiar our with 20, names like Zach Bolduke, our 2021 first right. round pick for those. Uh, Zach that know. Dean, a 2020 first round pick. That Vegas selected that we traded in the Ivan Barbershev deal. Yep. Yes, and so these are these are names we need to get used to. Whether we like it or not, Jake Neighbors needs to take a step. Kyrou needs to take a yeah. step. Thomas needs to take. So you, what Army's doing basically? Because again, 
I keep saying the salary cap. I know, but listen, in three to four, in next year, three to four million dollars. That's a huge difference. I hear, I hear Brandon saying salary cap in my sleep. I know, yeah, guys, could, don't worry. This, this, <laughs> you'll, thought, you'll have an off season. You'll have a break from it. I thought you said salary cap. <laughs> this makes she a lot like, more sense oh. now. I'm so confused. So here's the thing. I mean, you have names coming off of your cap next year. You have you have a Kapanen. You have a Verona. You have a Scandella. Finally, if he doesn't get moved. <laughs> So you, you do have more space to work with next year. The free agent pool is a little bit stronger. That was another factor. Free agent pool this year was not that great. Sure. You're not, you're not I mean, the t- two of the top three guys on the market this year were O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Yeah. You weren't bringing them back. Right. It wasn't going to happen. Not at the $4.5 million. We're not going to give O'Reilly that. And we heard Lou Korak say that in our last in our last yes. episode when yes. we had him on, him talk about he how he on. didn't expect for the Blues to do anything in free agency. Yeah, and so... I think what I would what I would say is although it's not a it's not a sexy option, we're gonna have to trust the younger younger players coming up. And coming up, we're gonna get back to St. Louis Cardinals talk here at the Loose Sports Talk Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Loose Sports Talk Podcast, boys. I really enjoyed Blues Talk. That was nice. It's good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. Guys, we're older than all the players we just talked about. Oh, that is sad. Not Franco. Ha ha ha. sympathy laugh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's dive into some Cardinals talk. It's about to be fight night uh, over here at the Lou Sports Talk podcast. Get your gloves. But before we get into fight Greasy, night. fast, speed. <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, the Cardinals are continuing to struggle. As we record, they have fallen to... 36 and 51. Bum, 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 the team bum. has shown <laughs> the team has shown really few signs throughout the season of life, but it feels as though every time that they're on the cusp of breaking out, things seem to fall apart again. That, that's really how I feel like you could sum up the Cardinals season. They just finished out a challenging uh 10 game stretch that fans were really viewing. I know I was at least viewing closely knowing that um, how they performed against the Astros, Yankees, and Marlins could be really telling for how they approached the trade deadline. The Cardinals went four and six in that stretch. They lost two of three against the Astros. They took two out of three against the Yankees, and then they lost three out of four against the Marlins. What is arguably the most painful part about that stretch is not that there were two losses in there that led to the Cardinals being outscored 29-2. to No, no, it wasn't that, in my opinion at least. <laughs> the worst part is that three of the losses in that 10-game stretch were blown saves in the last three innings of those games. Somebody stop the bleeding. The team could just as easily have been looking at going 7-3 and in that stretch and feeling a lot more positive. Now, there's going to be some games. There's going to be some games where you blow saves. But the Cardinals have now blown, I want to say, 19 saves on the season. That's already more than they had all of last season. It's become a serious pattern against the Astros at the beginning of this 10-game stretch. Gio allowed five runs in the eighth when they had a two-run lead. We lost 10-7. to And then we had a game again. Well, we had two games against the Marlins. We had one where Michaelis had a phenomenal outing. And we were up four to two going into the seventh. Palante allows three runs. So we lose that one five to four. And then, oh then, two nights ago, <laughs> the Cardinals were winning nine to eight, had fought back from being behind in the ninth. Jordan Walker had what could have been a pivotal moment in the season, a four hundred and forty-four foot blast that gave the Cardinals the lead in the ninth. And uh well, Jordan Hicks came in, and Jordan Hicks has been very good. He's been very good. 
But Jordan Hicks came in. A couple guys got on base. Joey Wendell hits a little a little flopper right to him. And Jordan Hicks double clutches, throws it over Paul Goldschmidt's head, and two runs score, and we lose ten to nine. Throws an absolute yammer in oh the fourth row. Oh my goodness! Hot and, take. But but that's been that's been you can sum up the Cardinals into that this year. It's been so frustrating, and they really I mean it's things like that that you know if you look at that and you say oh we win a couple of those games you build a little bit of momentum, and uh, but you know you have to be able to close out games, TJ. My hot take was going to be that we just need a taller first baseman. Mm. I don't think that's actually. A, mm. It's not. It's not good. No, so, it's not good. It's the pitching. The rumors have started floating around about who the Cardinals could potentially be shopping at the upcoming trade deadline. There are plenty of players that could be discussed. However, one player's name that the baseball world specifically, I know St. Louis is asking about a lot of players, but all of baseball is asking specifically about Paul Goldschmidt. And to give a little bit of back so a backstory, Goldie is set to make $26 million this year and next year. So each of the years, $26 million. And then he will be a free agent after the 2024 season. So I mentioned, you know, get ready for fight night, folks. Brandon and I have had some preliminary discussions about this, and we quickly figured out that we have slightly differing opinions on this. And that I don't like him. <laughs> I, had to drag, I had to drag both them by their ears. To get into the booth at the same time. They would not talk to each other before this podcast. Guys, fellas, gents, it's time for fight night. All right, I'll start us off. How about this? Paul Goldschmidt to the Philadelphia Phillies. Whoa, holy moly. Didn't know we were getting that specific. Let me elaborate, okay? Andrew Painter coming in at nice 20 years old is number 14 in the MLB pipeline. He sits <laughs> at 6'7", 215 pounds. He's 150, his ERA is 156 off the bump this year, and he's 20 years old. I like him as a right-hander, and then I would like them to throw in a bottom-of-the-rotation guy, Christopher Sanchez. He's had a tough year. He's a bottom-of-the-rotation 4-5 guy with a pick for Paul Goldschmidt. That's right. Goldie's a Philly. I've never wanted to jump over this table and hurt you more in my life. Well, here's so, the thing. I can't even talk when we talk about this, so I just had to drop the bomb right away. Now, go ahead. So you do approve or you don't approve? No, absolutely <laughs> not. So you got real specific, but obviously you're the one that wants Paul Goldschmidt traded. I here, Let me back it up since I put it in overdrive sure, sure. to start the put conversation. Here's what I'm saying. Paul Goldschmidt is 35 years old. He's the reigning MVP. That's correct. He is a St. Louis god, one might say, with a little G. Hmm. Little G, yes. A monster. I want him to be a Cardinal. But Doesn't sound like it. if we get to the trade deadline and we are 11, 12, 13, one might even say 15 games back of the Central Division, you have to look at the future of this team because this team is not one year away from being a playoff contender in any division. I know the argument is the NL Central is a weak division. You're darn right it is. You're darn right it's a weak division. But you know what? Here's the worst part about it. We're in the bottom of that weak division, and you can't tell me that we are a year away from contending. You cannot tell me that we the, a cornerstone of our roster is a 35-year-old first baseman. Again, a monster at the plate. But why not sell high? Why not sell high? He, he Next year, last year of his contract, 36-year-old, 36-year-old, by the end of his contract, he's going to be coming up on right at about 37 because of where his birthday lands. 
my my issue is is if we're out of the race this year it means we're not a year away and if we're not a year away then that means we're looking at Paul Goldschmidt's 37, 38, or 39-year-old season, and he will not be the same player he was at 35. So Brandon's going the logic of sell high. Ethan, what's your rebuttal to that? Yeah, so my rebuttal to that, and you bring up some good points. Correct. Paul Goldschmidt is 35. Correct. He is a little G-God. Yeah, that, that too. He was last year's National League MVP. My response, and you kind of backed this up, he's still a good player. And yes, you could get a decent load for him. If that's what we're getting, what you just said with the Phillies, uh uh-uh, no, (laughs) not enough. Because where we defer, Brandon, is that I think that the Cardinals are closer than you think they are. And here's why I think that. If you looked at the National League Central, Brandon, where would you rank the Cardinals talent-wise? Roster buildup. Where would you put the Cardinals' most talented team? It's a good question. Let me go. Not to, based off their let records. Let me go to the record right here. Standings. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you what the set. The numbers don't lie. I'm just telling you. what No other saying. team in the National League Central has a Nolan Arenado. No other team has a Paul Goldschmidt. No other team even has a Wilson Contreras. Here's, no other team has. Eh, I was gonna say Jordan Walker, but clearly the Reds have that here, guy. Yeah, and he's six foot ten over there. <laughs> Here's my thing. The Mets could say the same thing. They got a Scherzer. Mm-hmm. They got a Verlander. Sure. One two punch. Sure. Nobody else in the league has that one two punch. Uh, that's, I, I completely disagree with that, but okay. They have other talent outside of the pitch. I, I would say nobody else has the resume of that one-two punch. That's that's better. That's a better way to that's put better. it. That's better. And they sit fourth in the National League East, looking up at the rest of the National League, and on a three-game skid right now where we stand, and have lost, what, 10 of their last? Get on get on with it. 22? My, my point is I understand the argument of talent. This team is young, and I believe they are talented. But they are there are such things as winning windows. And do I think that we are in as clear of a winning window as you think we are? No. I don't think that this team, obviously this season, is a team that is going to win. I do not think that. However, I think that with a offseason well done, with a trade deadline well done, this team can still be in that mode in 2024. Here's my problem with if you trade Paul Goldschmidt. If you trade Paul Goldschmidt, you're not going to get a Paul Goldschmidt-esque bat back and a pitcher. You're not going to get it. So now you have another hole to fill. How many years did the Cardinals try and fill that hole for trying to bring in that power bat? At one point, we didn't have Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado. And we, what did we do? We missed four straight playoffs, postseasons, in a not very strong National League Central at that time either. So my problem is that I think that this team can still be right there next year, depending on now a lot has to happen. They have to have a good trade deadline, and they have to correct the issues um, that they're facing in the at the deadline and in the offseason. But if you take away Paul Goldschmidt, you take away for what I think can still be a championship window, a competing window, you take that away if you get rid of Paul Goldschmidt. If you get rid of Paul Goldschmidt, I think that your winning window is over. And we know this about the Cardinals. Even in this stretch of however many years where they haven't been necessarily the number one contender in the National League, 
we know that they have believed that they are right there and that they have put themselves in a position to win. They have they have constantly been a playoff team. They've constantly been right there. Now, I think that you could argue different things about where exactly how they fare out against some of these teams, the Braves, the Mets, some of these, the Dodgers, yeah. some of these teams. But I think that the Cardinals, here's what I know about the Cardinals, right? They're not going to want to sell and completely rebuild this team. If you get rid of Paul Goldschmidt, I think that you're clearly saying we're not in win-now mode. And what was the last time the Cardinals were not in win-now mode? When was it? Yeah, it's I, been 20 years. Yeah. That's not how they play. That's not that's not the game they play. The Cardinals have their organizational beliefs, in my opinion, are that we're going to go out and we're going to do everything we can to compete and win every year. And honestly, they should. The Dodgers don't have to go through rebuilds. The you know These top teams don't have to go through rebuilds. And I think that the Cardinals, despite not being a top market team, are right there with them. So I guess here's where we're missing then. What we're missing is the longevity of Goldschmidt being irreplaceable. That's where we're missing. Because you're saying that just be even though he's 36 and has a cane 35, in his right hand and 35, still hitting dingers. 35. About to be 36. Still 35. Round up. We're going to round up. We're going to round up. <laughs> no, <Here>. he's 35. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Um, here's the thing. Here's where we're missing. I don't believe Goldschmidt will be the same player at 37 as he is at 35. I don't believe the Cardinals will contend for a World Series this year or even next year, meaning this, meaning this. By the time that we are World Series ready, the hope is that Walker has stepped into a middle-of-the-order lineup everyday player. Mason Wynn, middle-of-the-order everyday player. Arenado should retire a Cardinal. Let me just go out and by saying that. He should not, he should not, we should not trade Arnado. Whoever came up with that rumor, um, they should be fired on the spot. Even if they don't work in sports, yeah. just fired in yeah, general. Absolutely. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. Here's where I'm disagreeing with you is that I, I don't believe the Cardinals should, should rebuild. And I don't think trading Goldschmidt would be a rebuild. I think it would be a retool. So just to break this down, Ethan believes to be a contender, you need two top tier bats. And Brandon believes Paul Goldschmidt is replaceable because of his age. Let me follow that up, Ethan. Because of our weaker division, I am okay also with this trade. If we were in the National League East, I would not want to trade Paul Goldschmidt. Because you're right, I believe we would have to compete. In order to compete for a division, we would have to have two bats like Arnado and Goldschmidt. But I think we can compete for the division without Paul Goldschmidt. Acquire, and I... You're right. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope we get three pitchers, four pitchers, five. We won't. We'll get two. See, I, yeah, but the guys that you mentioned, you mentioned a very good prospect. Andrew, Andrew And Painter. you mentioned a back-end guy that's having a bad year. Yes. That's really what you think would be worth Paul Goldschmidt. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to live in fairy tale world, so I came in realistically. And I like Painter. He's been incredible off the bump. He's been a top-five pitcher in AAA all season long. He's right there on the cusp. Honestly, he might take, he might take uh, I don't even know the guy's name, Christopher Sanchez's job by the end of the year. And so here's my point. I, I, I'm okay with the trade even if we do get a top-end-of-the-rotation potential guy like him. Yes. I think that... Because you know what else we haven't had in a long time? What? Top-end pitching. 
No, I agree. I completely agree with that. We haven't had it since Chris Carpenter and Adam Wainwright in their in their primes. Right. I completely agree. Right. However, I don't think that giving Paul Goldschmidt away, I don't think that that fixes anything because you maybe you fill in a part of one hole, but now you've dug another hole up. I don't think that does anything. I would be much more interested. You wouldn't be interested in bringing up Luke and Baker? Luke and Baker's already up. Good try, though. Um, you wouldn't be interested in him in starting more games is what I'm trying to get at. I don't think that it's fair to say that Luke and Baker has the amount of potential that Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not saying he does. I'm not saying he's going to fill the role, but I think he's going to be an everyday starter in this league. Sure, potentially. I th- but the, uh, but here's my thing. Is the Cardinals, you know, we've talked about how the Cardinals have a hodgepodge of talent, right? Just not being able to figure out who goes where, what goes where. I think the Cardinals are much more likely, and I think it makes more sense to be willing to part with a younger guy, not a not a prospect, with a younger guy that's with the team to get pitching back. So, I think that makes more sense to me. So you're not going to get the same return, though. Who's gonna? Who wants our outfield right now? I think that there would be a lot of demand for Lars Newbar. I think there could be a, still a decent amount of demand for Dylan Carlson. You're, Tyler O'Neill is going to draw names at the deadline no matter gonna, what. You're going to get a Steven Matz third, fourth of the rotation guy back for him, though. You know what the Marlins wanted for uh, Pablo Lopez last year, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted Dylan Carlson. Pablo Lopez is having a pretty decent year, and he would probably be a top two in our rotation this year. That's so. not saying much. <laughs> no, I'm just no, I'm just I'm just saying like Pablo Lopez is is a solid pitcher. Like he's a he's a solid piece. And I'm not saying I wanted to make that trade necessarily. I'm just saying that Are we are we allowed I, I think what I would like to do is let's go down the route. Let's keep, let's say we keep him. Let's Goldie? say we keep him. Let's say we keep Goldie, sure. which I will admit is very likely. I'm okay. not I'm not blind. Oh, it's we're likely. keeping him. It's not it's likely. St. Louis baseball too conservative. Anyway, continue. <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa. Uh, Let's say we keep him. So you're re-signing him then? Yes. To how, to, how to long a t- term? To a two-year deal. Gets him to 39. So gets him to 39. Retires a Cardinal. Okay. Okay. So you're saying let him play out his career is what you're saying? I think he probably does. I think he wants to do that. And I imagine that. And at that point, yes, like you said, the the demand. What did, what did Albert Pujols, when he came back last year, what did he constantly say? It's nice to not have all of the pressure on his back. At that point, yes, you still have those guys. Yeah. You still have your, or you have, you know, your Lars Newbar will continue to develop. Mason Wynn is going to be the shortstop of the future. Jordan Walker is going to be your 3-4 sure. guy, you know. At that point, you have that. But then you still have that utility bat of Paul Goldschmidt. I think that Paul Goldschmidt has proven. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, and here's the bringing up the comparison with Albert, Paul Goldschmidt is in far better shape at 37 than Albert was at 32, in my opinion. Albert was also 45. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Paul Goldschmidt is still, at 35, the best defensive first baseman in baseball, in my opinion. He still is one of the smartest base runners and still a very good base runner. He has eight stolen bases this year. That's second on the Cardinals behind Tommy Edmond. I'm not saying that's a bunch, but eight stolen bases for a first baseman, that's probably up there for just first baseman in general in baseball. He's still in very good shape. He's never had been on the injury track in his career. I would be surprised if his decline is super severe to where you can't still see him being a solid bat at least two years from now. So what happens next year if Goldschmidt is still on the team, and we have these same problems next year. I will say this. Here's the only way I would agree with you, Brandon, is if the Cardinals do not actively work to make sure that they are a top competitor 
that they are a competitor for 2024. If you don't do that, if you sit idle, you add a couple of the middle of the rotation guys, there's no point in keeping Goldie. That is where I agree with you. But I don't think the Cardinals are going to do that personally. I think that we're, I because the Cardinals are so not used to struggling like this, I think there's, it's a little bit of a wake-up call. Like, okay, we need to put more in. My, so I imagine they'll probably put more in. If you're looking at the starting pitching that's out, so Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, Alex Cobb, Johnny Cueto, Jack Flaherty. I wonder who that is. Sonny Gray, <laughs> Zach Grinke. Hey, speaking of 45, uh, Andrew Heaney. Who? You're Kyle Hendricks. About, you're talking about free agent Rochelle. guys or trade yeah, people? So, so, yeah, what I'm getting at is I, I don't look at this upcoming free agent class and think there's an option out there that I like more. Shane Bieber and Aaron Nola are two names that have been discussed about being shopped. You're probably going to have to make a trade happen. But you know the Cardinals are more are willing to also do something in the offseason. We acquired both Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado in the offseason. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw the Cardinals trade for a, a higher end of the rotation starting pitcher and then sign him to and an move, extension. Moving an outfielder? <laughs> okay, do you think we can get Dylan Cease or Shane Bieber without trading Paul Goldschmidt? Yes. I think how? you. What do you mean? How? Like, what players would you offer up? I think you would, would have to. Trade? You would have to add. You would have to offer up. Pro- said, what do you mean? How? <laughs> <laughs> you would have to. You would have to throw in a. Now, hear with me out. You would have to throw in a Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan esque player, probably. Yeah, it'd be Edmond for sure. I would. I don't know. I think Donovan has more control, and he's performed better. It's true. And he plays more positions. More, more of a sell high. More of a sell so. High. Um, I think that. Either way, uh, one of those kind of players, a a prospect of some sort, a mid-level prospect probably. Um, I'm trying to think of a level to compare by. Uh, maybe like a Michael McGreevy level okay. prospect. He's okay. a starting. He's yeah. one of your top starting pitchers yeah. in your organization yes. in the pro. Um, and then he's uh, double A right now. Yeah. yeah, and then as well as that. Probably a Dylan Carlson or something like that. I imagine that's probably what so it would take. So four for one. You'd rather do that four for oh, one I said, deal. I said three for one. You said, one. I thought he said. It's no. three for one. Okay. You'd rather do a three for one deal than get rid of Goldschmidt who might fall off the wagon next year. I don't think it's fair to all of a sudden assume because he turns I didn't say 36. Assume. I didn't say assume. I said he might. That's a chance. See, I don't know. How high is that chance, though? You know, that's I think it's thing. 50-50. <laughs> I think it's way lower than 50-50 that Paul Goldschmidt drops off You don't year. know what can happen. Injuries can uh, neither happen. Neither do. Yeah, uh, here, but you don't know that either. Here's Ooh, I love the feistiness. It's getting <laughs> hot up in here. I'm supposed to be moderating this. So, <laughs> so here. TJ yeah, said, no, TJ, I want to fight, too. I want to fight. TJ ripped off his ref shirt and just jumped right in the ring. Uh, so here's here's where I'm at with this. I think, I think where where I can where I can just go. Oh, okay. This is where I completely disagree with you. Is we have a we have a shot to contend next season. Is where is where we disagree. I would actually argue that all of St. Louis sports are kind of in jeopardy, and that's why we're gonna. Well, maybe not all sports. Soccer is killing it right now, but Blues and Cardinals specifically. I wonder as I put my ref shirt back on, and say, <laughs> which of the two franchises is more than likely or more likely to get back to the promised land, to get back to a place of hope where we can actually hope for a winning season. Oh, I start service question. off with Ethan. What a great question. Cardinals, Ethan represents Cardinals. With that. Brandon teary, represents right? Blues. Okay, so I'll say this to start off. Because this is it's this is actually a difficult question to answer, in my opinion, because the Blues, I think, have the potential probably to be closer to it. But a lot has to happen for the Blues to get to that point where they have the talent with them this season 
in order for them to be able to do that. So like we said earlier, what needs to happen is they need to clear out one of those defensemen that's taking a lot of cap right now. Then after that, they have to find a way to bring in a top six forward. That's going to add immediately as well as there's, you know, you could argue like some people want the top six forward. I'd like a top six forward to add to it. But some people are going to also say you need to add the big D man too. Like, so the blues have a couple of different directions. They go. I don't think they do both. I think there's a good chance that they add either one top two big D man or one top six forward. That is really more of a top three forward. I think that, but I don't think you're going to do both. So, are the Blues in a great spot to where they're going to be 100% competing next year? What the Blues have to work with that the Cardinals don't is the Blues have to deal with the cap. The Cardinals don't. The Cardinals can go out and say, yeah, we had a rough year this year, and we're going to put more money into the team next year. That could very well happen, and then the, and they bring in pieces. For that reason, I'm backing that the Cardinals are right there with the Blues, but the Blues have potential to be quicker. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. It does. And I, I think, man, I wish we could keep talking about Paul Goldschmidt then. Uh, <laughs> here's here's where I'm at. I, I also think the Blues, and here's why I think they're, the cap, what it does, it creates parity in the league. It creates uh, a system to where uh, every, I mean, you look at it, a handful of teams in the NHL you know aren't going to compete. Other than that, every other team's in the playoff hunt in some way, somehow. And so I do believe that the Blues will be in the hunt. I do think it'll take a lot for them to get there. To be fair, that makes it more difficult, though, if more teams are trying to compete. Where in baseball, you have, what, 15, 18 of the teams that are competing? Sure. Wouldn't surprise sure. me if the Cardinals, like, they want to be right back there next year. You yeah. know they don't like losing. Sure. The Cardinals are heavily, sorry to cut you off, Brandon, like, but the no, Cardinals, the, Car- <laughs> the, Car- the Cardinals are heavily Heavily built off of a lot of their income comes from the amount of fans that they bring in every year. Yeah. And when you're losing, eventually that starts to change. So you know that the Cardinals are going to want to get back to that point to where they're able to, that fans are still coming. Yeah. And, and for sure, I, I think, I think here, here's where I'm at is I, I think the blues though, where they sit, it's interesting. Both the blues are also in the central division in the NHL. Oh, it's uh, like how about they're both that, in huh? the middle of the country. In the central division. I would also say, I'll, I wouldn't say any divisions weak in the NHL, and I'm not going to call it that, but I would say comparatively to the Pacific, I see five Pacific teams making the playoffs. I see three from the Central. Okay. With that said, though, I would say the Predators are right there. They have a lot of young guys coming up, but they're in a similar boat than us. They bring O'Reilly in to be an older veteran piece. Uh, I oh, even captain, see. My captain. I know, right? <laughs> and and. I even see the Wild taking a step back this year. They have a lot of talent, but I see them taking a step back. Winnipeg has been shopping a lot of teams. See them taking a uh, step back mm-hmm. after shopping Pierre-Luc Dubois. They're probably going to trade Mark Shifley. You're going to have Connor Hullabuck on the board. And so Kyle I, Connor. Kyle Connor, I think he stays. Make him a blue! <laughs> I, I think he stays. But uh, So a lot of moving parts. Uh, and so I would say be, because of the division, I would also say just because of the Blues experience. And here's the thing. After the 2021-2022 season, you go into 22-23 looking at the Blues decor thinking, I'm okay with where we sit. I've liked Pareko's play up and to there. Yes, is he not the physical presence on the ice? He never will be. That's not his game. Is Letty, old, is Letty older? Would, would I have given him 4 by 4 Probably not, but he has experience and he's won a cup. Would I have rather given David Perron what he Stop. got? Oh, my God. Justin Folk. Justin Folk. Where's Dylan? Oh, my gosh. It's about to be in games up here. Uh, Justin Folk has been an all-star in Carolina, What was honestly one of the core pieces of that Carolina team back in the day, and has, has 
always been a staple of a defenseman in, in the league. You look at Tory Krug, a guy who's been to a couple of Stanley Cups, has experience, and plays a Ruby style game. Here, here's my here's my take on it. I actually don't think the Blues will actually make a push for a top six anymore. I don't think they'll have it in their cap. I don't think they're going to find a spot for Krug and Scandella, and I still think they're going to be in the playoff. Oh, then I heavily disagree with that. Okay, we're heavily back in the ring, baby. <laughs> heavily. How, because you know why? There's no difference between this year and last year's team then. And their talent level is significantly lower, significantly lower than the large majority of the teams in the Central at that point. Here, here's what I would say. I would say, yet again, it banks on young guys taking a step forward. And as a Cardinals fan, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Does. <laughs> it does, it does sound, familiar. sound familiar. And here's what I would say to that. <laughs> the Blues are putting their... They're putting all their eggs in a basket and they're saying, here we go. Neighbors, you're gonna play every you're gonna be an eighty two game player. You're gonna you're gonna have bold dude competing. Also counting for a on spot. guys to stay healthy. I would right. I would agree, but that's where Zach Dean comes in and, and you're trusting in these guys to play. I think I know that the Blues, either way, whether they make a move or don't, I think they will be in playoff contention, battling for an eighth seed. I don't think they will push for the top three. So I think I think the Cardinals I think the Cardinals future really is what is going to answer this debate. I don't think that we can say right now, we could be optimistic and say the Cardinals will make a push next year for the playoffs, but if they do nothing at the trade deadline, if they're conservative in free agency, I think that they're both, Blues and Cardinals are in the exact so here's, same So spot. here's what we can have a good idea of what the Cardinals will do at the trade deadline. And we'll talk about this more in upcoming episodes. We have a good idea that Jack Flaherty probably is going to be sold. I want to keep Montgomery because I want him to be a part of the retool, I'll in quotation, retool, right? That the Cardinals. Did you hear that sound, Ethan? What? Oh, that was Jordan oh. Montgomery packing his bags. Yeah, oh, he the zipper. I do hear yeah, that. He yeah, gone. the zipper. All right, so as much as I would like for him <laughs> to be able to stay around because he is a solid piece, there's going to be a lot of demand in a in a a, Bor- a a Boris guy too at a deadline where there's not too many probably yeah. pieces out there that. Starting pitching pieces, so it makes sense to sell them. You're going to get good return for both of those players, I think. Especially Jack Flaherty has thrown 12 shutout innings now consecutively. So I think that you're going to get solid return for them. I think that you're definitely taking consideration for a lot of your young utility talent that you have. You have a lot of plethora in the outfield, even some that's in AAA right now. I think you're taking, you're listening to things for them. What I think that uh, what the front office is looking at doing is getting this team back to competing as quick as possible because we know that the Cardinals just are not one of those teams that just accepts, okay, we're going to be a 85-win team this year. They don't. That's just not how they – that's not how the organization is run. It's not how it's ever been ran. I don't expect that, at least, you know, since the new ownership has been there, I don't expect that to all of a sudden be the case now. I would not be surprised if the Cardinals really invested all in in this offseason and they got back to competing. So, Brandon – well done. Boys, Ethan. that was an excellent fight. No dirty shots. It was all clean. It was all good. Uh, comment I below. Ethan's takes were terrible. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some way for you guys to chatter in with us, whether you're commenting on social media or, yeah, shake hands. That's good. Whether you guys are commenting, oh, that was nice. commenting on social media or if there's a Spotify or an Apple podcast, uh, commenting, posting thing or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, boys, as we close, Ethan, what is our tag for social media? 
at loose sports talk underscore. And I was able to read that on uh, my loose sports talk podcast t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Dang. Boys, don't, doesn't it look good? Oh my gosh. Doesn't it look good? All, All the right, right curves. Hey, but, but for flexing. real, a huge shout out to Ashlyn, yes. our social media director. A little yes, round yes. of applause for Ashlyn. Yes. She's done phenomenal. So you've obviously... If, hey, if, Ashlyn. If you, <laughs> oh, I thought you said, hey, Ashlyn. So a huge shout out to Ashlyn, all the work that she's done and uh, just making the social media pages just look great. So we appreciate your help, Ashlyn. All right, guys, fun podcast today, long podcast today. And uh, be sure to be on the lookout, like we said, on the social media pages for more stuff to come out, upcoming episodes, all that good stuff. That's a wrap. Peace.